Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. My name is Michelle, and I will be your conference call operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone into London Goals third quarter 2021 results conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, please press star followed by the number two. Thank you. Mr. Hodgstein, you may begin your conference. Thank you, Michelle, and good morning, everyone from uh, Quito. Thank you for joining us on London Gold's 2021 third quarter conference call. We're Alessandro Patelli, Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, and myself are going to take you through our results for the third quarter and year to date. To begin with, I will provide an overview of several key milestones achieved in the third quarter and give an update on operations at Fruits del Norte and our exploration programs. I will also discuss several important value-driving catalysts to keep an eye out for as we end 2021 and move into 2022. After that, Alessandra will discuss our financial results in more detail before I finish things off with my concluding remarks. We will then open the call for questions. Please note funding goals disclaimers on this slide. This discussion includes forward-looking information. Actual future results may differ from expected results for a variety of reasons described in the caution regarding forward-looking information and statements section of our press release. London Gold is a U.S. dollar reporting entity and all amounts in this presentation refer to U.S. dollars unless otherwise indicated. I'd like to kick off this conference call today by focusing on the vaccination campaigns led by Ecuador's Ministry of Public Health. Vaccinations began in late June and ramped up quickly. As of today, over 99% of London Gold's employees and on-site contractors are vaccinated and only seven employees are unvaccinated out of a total of 2,856. Of these seven employees, the majority are unable to get vaccinated as a result of underlying health issues. Since Guillermo Lazo was sworn in as Ecuador's president in May of this year, his vaccination plan has been efficient and successful, reaching his goal of vaccinating over 50% of the country in his first 100 days in office. As of today, 68% of Ecuadorians are partially vaccinated and 58% are fully vaccinated. The health and safety of personnel at site will always be paramount. And as such, stringent procedures remain in place to minimize the impact of COVID-19 on the workforce. I'm pleased to announce that in the past month, Lundin Gold was recognized by IESS the Ecuadorian Social Security Institute for the development and implementation of strict COVID protocols, which provided excellent protection for our workforce during the height of the pandemic. 
As an integral part of its sustainability program, Lending Gold has long prioritized actions to improve the quality of local education, particularly in Fruta del Norte's area of influence. As such, I'm pleased to report that our initiative to provide critical access to online education for students in rural communities close to Fruta del Norte was completed in October. With this milestone achieved, teachers now have high-speed high internet connection in the school. Students in local communities are equipped with a tablet. And interconnection, internet connection in 21 communities has been established or upgraded using fiber optic infrastructure. Now let's turn our attention to Lending Gold's results for the third quarter. Operating results continue to be strong. <laughs> highlighted by production of 107,663 ounces of coal, consisting of 76,837 ounces in concentrate and 30,826 ounces as Dore. Sales were 111,605 ounces during the quarter, consisting of 78,251 ounces in concentrate and 33,354 ounces as Dore. These robust operational results were achieved at a cash operating cost of $650 per ounce sold and all-in sustaining cost of $804 per ounce sold. In the third quarter, the mine-up maintained its strong operating performance, mining a total of 382,667 tons. Underground mine development also continued as planned with a total of 2,148 meters of development, completed with development rates 23.3 meters per day during the quarter. On the processing side, Fruitel Norte advanced construction of the mill expansion and progressively increased mill throughput to an average of 3,971 tons per day during the third quarter. 365,316 tons of ore were processed in total. The average grade of ore milled was 10.3 grams per ton and average recovery was 88.8%. We continue to fine tune the processing plant to improve recoveries as we mine and process different types of ore. Year to date, Lunding Gold has produced 320,599 ounces of gold at an average head grade of 10.9 grams per ton, an average recovery of 88.2%. The company's year to date average all in sustaining cost is $778 per ounce sold. With the completion of the mill expansion early in the fourth quarter, the company remains on track to end the year at the upper end of its stated 2021 guidance of 380 to 420,000 ounces of gold produced and the lower end of the ASIC guidance of between $770 and $830 per ounce of gold sold. Within the scope of our original construction plan, the self-ventilation raise, or SVR, is the last remaining item. As previously disclosed, we decided early in the third quarter to revise the approach for the SBR. While the original plan involved a 5.1 meter raise, the new plan involves a smaller 2.1 meter raise, followed by slashing to 5.1 meters, then concrete mining of the raise. The risks of continuing the 5.1 meter approach were too great, and this alternative plan will reduce construction risks and longer term maintenance of the raise. During the third quarter, the SVR progressed in accordance with the revised work plan and, ex and expected completion remains in the second quarter of 2022. 
Raised boring of the 2.1 meter raise was completed near the end of the quarter, and Shop Creek Lining was completed shortly thereafter. The contractor has been selected and mobilization is underway. Importantly, there is no anticipated impact on production forecasts for the remainder of 2021 or 2022 as a result of the revised work plan. Operational excellence is only one of our four pillars of value creation. And as such, during the third quarter, we continue to advance the throughput expansion project, the resource expansion, and our regional exploration programs. The throughput expansion project to increase the mill throughput from 3,500 to 4,200 ton per day continued on schedule and on budget during the quarter. During the third quarter, the mine generally operated at the higher 4,200 ton per day, while the mill expansion advanced and was substantially completed early in the fourth quarter. Sustained capital during the third quarter of 2021, mainly focused on the second raise of the Fruits del Norte tailings dam and the resource expansion drilling program. The second raise of the dam was completed shortly after quarter end. The planned 10,000 meter resource expansion drilling program continued to progress during the quarter, targeting conversion of a portion of the inferred resource at the south end of the deposit. The company's regional exploration drilling program began at the end of March of this year. This program focused on two high priority targets, Barbasco and Puente Princesa, to test for buried mineralization in a geological setting similar to that of Fruta del Norte. Drilling at the Barbasco target ended during the third quarter with the six holes plan completed, totaling 5,387 meters. An initial interpretation of the results suggested the drill holes intersected the late Fruta del Arte andesites, Suarez Basin filled sediments, and the Santiago Formation andesites and sediments, which are all the host rock for Fruta del Arte. Zones of epithermal related alteration were intersected in all three rock types and multiple narrow, widely spaced epithermal quartz carbonate sulfide veins, and some broader intervals of epithermal crackle brecciation were intersected. Most of the veins are mildly anomalous in gold, silver, and the epithermal pathfinder elements arsenic and antimony. The frequency of the veining and the intensity of the epithermal alteration increases to the south into an area completely covered by post-mineralization rocks. Drilling at Barbasco will continue in 2022 once new access tracks are adapted to reach the more remote and steep southern area of the target. In line with our original plan, the regional exploration program is now focused on the Puente Princesa target. Two drill holes have been completed on this target and a further two are currently in progress. At Puente Princesa, a significant shear structure has been intersected at depth along the Santiago Formation and the Zamora Baffalet. This structure contains epithermal, silica, illite alteration, and some quartz carbonate sulfide veining with a mixed sediment and andesite. As a result of the initial findings from the drilling obtained at Puente Princesa, a decision is made to expand the 9,000 meter exploration program to 11,000 meters and drill an additional two holes at Puente Princesa. Assay results for these holes are expected in the first quarter of 2022. Now I'd like to turn the call over to Alessandro for a more detailed look at the financial results. Alessandro? Thank you, Ron, and uh, hello, everyone. 
I want to begin by referring to a couple of additions to our quarterly financial reporting. As a result of Landing Gold's now well-established operations, we are beginning to report two additional non-IFRS measures, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, or EBITDA, and free cash flow. Not only will the company start paying taxes, but Landing Gold is also generating significant amount of free cash flow. And we believe that these metrics allow for more insight into both our earnings and cash flow. I will comment on these two matrices a bit later. And now to our results. We achieved strong financial results uh, uh, this third quarter, and it is the result of sustained strong production and efficient operation. In the third quarter of 2021, the company recognized revenues of 191 million from the sale of 111,000 ounces of gold, consisting of over 78,000 ounces of concentrate and over 33,000 ounces of dore at an average realized gold price of 1,769 per ounce. This is offset by cost of goods sold of 101 million, which is comprised of operating expenses of 61, royalties of 11 million, and depletion and depreciation of almost 29 million, resulting in 89 million of income from mining operations. During the same period in 2020, following the restart of activities from the temporary suspension due to COVID, revenues of 119 million were recognized from the sale of 62,000 ounces of gold and were offset by cost of goods sold of 56 million. Landing gold generated net income of 57 million during the third quarter of 2021, compared to a net income of 28 million during the third quarter of 2020. Net income this quarter includes derivative losses of 600,000 as a result of an increase in the fair value of our gold prepay and stream loan facilities, driven by higher gold, forward gold prices compared to June, 2000, June 30th, 2021. This is a non-cash item, and the volatile nature of these derivative gains and losses, also seen in prior quarters, is expected to continue given the volatility of forward gold prices. The MDNA provides a detailed explanation of the impact of fair value accounting on these two credit facilities and the determination of derivative gains or losses. Deducted in, a, in arriving at net income for the quarter are finance expense of 11 million, income tax expense of 16, and other expenses of 4.7 million. During the third quarter of 2020, net income was generated from income from mining operation of 63 million, offset by derivative losses of 18, finance expenses of 13, and other expenses totaling 3.6 million. Income taxes of 16 million were accrued during the period, which is comprised of current income tax expense of 14.5 million and deferred income tax expense of 1.5 million. Deferred income tax expense relates to derivative loss in other comprehensive income, as explained, an explanation of which can be found in the MDNA. Current income tax expense is generated from the net income from tax, for tax purposes in Ecuador, relating to the operations at Fusa del Norte. In addition to corporate income taxes in Ecuador, which are levied at a rate of 22%, current income tax expense includes an accrual for the portion of profit sharing payable to the government of Ecuador, which is calculated at the rate of 12% of the estimated net income for tax purposes for the quarter. The employee portion of profit sharing payable calculated at 3% of net income for tax purposes 
is considered an employee benefit and is included in operating expenses. Together with the results for the first half of the year, the third quarter results confirmed the, the company's strong financial performance on a year-to-date basis and can be seen on this slide showing key financial medicines, including revenues, income, and all in sustaining costs. During the third quarter, Lending Gold generated EBITDA and adjusted EBITDA of 112.8 million, million and 113.5 million, respectively. EBITDA is a non-IFRS metric used to better understand the financial performance of the company by computing earnings from business operations without including the effects of its capital structure, taxes, and depreciation. Adjusted EBITDA is EBITDA excluding items which are considered not indicative of underlying business operations, and its adjustments are consistent with the adjustment made for adjusted earnings. The EBITDA and adjusted EBITDA generated in the first nine months of the year was 352.5 million and 327.2 million, respectively. Adjusted earnings exclude specific items that are significant but not relative but not reflected of the underlying operating activities of the company. Presently, for lending gold, these include derivative gains or losses and related income tax effects. As a result, excluding the derivative loss of 600,000 and related income tax recovery of 1.5 million, adjusted earnings of 58.8 million were realized in the third quarter, or 25 cents per share. On the same basis, Adjusted earnings achieved in the third quarter of 2020 were 45 million or 20 cents per share. Of note, during the first nine, nine months of this year, adjusted earnings amounted to 171 million or 74 cents per share. Cash operating costs for the quarter were 650 per ounce of gold sold. Cash operating costs were slightly higher than the previous quarter, mainly due to a decrease in great process, which is in line with plans. That said, we are also starting to see some pressure on costs due to the persisting worldwide supply disruptions and inflationary pressure in general. To date, this has had little overall impact on our results, but we are monitoring this carefully as time progresses. The higher cash operating costs, together with an increase in sustaining capital expenditures, mainly due to the tailings dam second raise, resulting in a higher ASIC in the third quarter compared to the second quarter of 2021. All-in sustaining costs achieved in the third quarter total $804 per ounce of gold sold, resulting in an ASIC of $778 per ounce of gold sold for the first nine months of the year. We calculate these non-IFRS measures based on gold ounces sold. For reference, all-in sustaining costs include operating costs, royalties, corporate social responsibility costs, treatment and refining charges, accretion of restoration provision, and sustaining capital net of silver revenue. We believe that cash flow is now one of the key bases of lending gold's value proposition. Free cash flow is indicative of the company's ability to generate cash from operation. We define free cash flow as cash flow provided by operating activities, less cash used for investment activities, and interest paid. During the third quarter, lending gold generated free cash flow of 47 million, or 20 cents per share. The total free cash flow generated in the first nine months of the year was 194 million or 84 cents per share. The company has generated strong free cash flow during 2021, and we expect to continue to do so for the remainder of the year and further into the future based on our production and ASIC guidance and current gold prices. 
the strong free cash flow will support that repayment, regional exploration, and underground expansion drilling at Fruta del Norte, as well as planned capital expenditures and future growth. At September 30th, 2021, lending goal had cash of 222 million and a working capital balance of 136 million compared to cash of 192 and a working capital balance of 109 million at the beginning of the quarter. The change in cash during the third quarter of 2021 was primarily due to the cash generated from operating activities of 92 million and proceeds from the exercise of option and anti-dilution right of 2.6 million. This is offset by principal and interest repayments under the loan facilities totaling $40 million and cash outflow of $24.7 million for capital expenditures, including costs for the remaining initial construction activities, expansion project, and sustaining capital. Monthly payments under the stream facility are based on the 7.75% and 100% of gold and silver ounces sold, respectively. Calculate at the current gold and silver prices at the end of each month, less $404 per ounce, respectively. Stream payments are calculated in view based on final assets from smelters and refinery. Therefore, there is not necessarily a direct correlation between stream repayments and, ounces, and gold ounces produced or sold in a given period, which are based on mine site assays. Quarterly payments under the gold prepay facilities are based on current value of 9,775 ounces of gold at the end of each quarter. Scheduled variable, variable quarterly principal repayments of the senior debt facilities <clears throat> will total $24.5 million to, during the fourth quarter of 2021. The company is working towards achieving construction completion as defined under the senior debt facility before the end of 2021. Upon achieving this milestone, additional quarterly principal repayments <clears throat> based on 30% of further than Norte's excess cash flow will commence. The current portion of long-term debt includes an estimate of additional quarterly principal repayments due in the next 12 months as a result of reaching completion in 2021. In summary, yet another quarter of strong production further underpins our expectation of robust financial results for the full year. We are generating significant free cash flow and expect to continue to do so in the fourth quarter and for many years to come. A more detailed discussion of our financial results can be found in the MDNA, and I refer you to this document for more information. Now I'd like to turn the call back over to Ron. Thank you, Alessandro. Fruit del Norte continues to perform well, and I'm especially delighted that the throughput expansion project has now been substantially completed, safely, on time, and on budget. I'd like to take this opportunity to recognize the very significant efforts by all involved in this expansion project, enabling the achievement of this milestone, a vital component of our growth strategy. This higher throughput will help to ensure our production profile remains strong for many years to come. I'm also particularly pleased about our continued strong free cash flow generation. In the first nine months of 2021, we've generated 194 million of free cash flow and ended the quarter with a cash balance of 222 million, which supports debt repayments, exploration, and planned capital expenditures. The resulting strong treasury will also provide the opportunity to evaluate increased exploration activities, future potential expansion, and other growth opportunities. As we move into the fourth quarter, we are already looking ahead to 2022 with a focus on continuous improvement in our operations, 
increase exploration activity, and evaluation of future growth opportunities. As Alessandro alluded to earlier, we believe that one of the elements of Lending Gold's investment proposition is its free cash flow potential. This free cash flow gives the company flexibility from a capital allocation standpoint and will be used to generate continued shareholder returns, be that in the form of dividends, M&A, or organic growth. For quite some time now, I've highlighted that we at Lending Gold had identified four key pillars to drive shareholder value in 2021. One of those, a throughput expansion project, has now been substantially completed, and now we will begin evaluating the merits to increase throughput further. The next pillar is operational excellence. Our guidance for 2021 remains unchanged, and with that, we continue to anticipate achieving gold production in the upper range of our 2021 guidance, while also expecting our 2021 all-in sustaining costs at the low end of guidance of $770 to $830 per ounce sold. We do continue to target areas that can be improved and continue pushing and striving to be better. The company is also continuing with its planned 10,000 meter underground resource expansion program. This program began in the first quarter and the second rig added started drilling in May. Initial results for this program are expected during the first quarter of next year. And finally, drilling for this year ended at the Barbasco target in the third quarter. And our regional exploration program which we have increased to 11,000 meters is now focused on the Point of Princesa target. Initial interpretation of the results obtained from Barbasco suggests broad propylitic alteration and narrower zones of proximal epithermal alteration intersected. Multiple narrow low-grade epithermal veins were intersected in the southern part of the anomaly, and our team will now further analyze results before deciding on our next steps on this target. Drilling continues at Point of Princesa and we expect that to results in the first quarter of next year. Fruits del Norte continues to show what a remarkable and world-class asset it is. At current gold prices, we expect to generate significant amounts of free cash flow for years to come. And I'm confident that our strategy is the right one to continue growing long-term value to all of our stakeholders. Thank you for your continued support. With that, operator, I'll now open the call to questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one on your touchtone phone. You will hear three tone prompts acknowledging your request and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press the star followed by the number two. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Your first question comes from Banu Nandaraja, CIBC. Please go ahead. Good morning, guys. Um, congrats on the results for the quarter. And thanks for, the time, time, thanks for taking the time to answer a couple questions Bryce and I have. So to start off, with the South Bank raise on track to be completed in Q2 22, what's the next critical step to push that forward? Is it the contractors being mobilized? And do you guys see any risk in the remaining project timeline that could push this further? Yeah, thanks for thanks for the question. Yeah, you you're, you're right. The key the key thing right now is is mobilization of the contractor. Um, we we they essentially are already stacking stuffing containers. We have started putting in plants. Um, a lot of the material is being fabricated in Canada that's needed or pulled together. 
So we are booking or, in, or already have uh, some containers moving by land to Houston uh, or Miami. We're just kind of using both ports so that we don't have to worry about transshipments. And we already have uh, sailing spots booked. So we're doing everything we can. But yes, we, we all know what's going on in the global shipping industry uh, today. And so that is the risk of globalization. But both teams are doing everything they can to stay on track for that. Okay, perfect. That sounds good. And then um, the second question is on annual guidance. So you guys should be on the top end of guidance for the year, while FDN output should beat guidance by about 10,000 ounces. If Q4 were to deliver flat growth quarter over quarter, despite average throughput increasing. So we note that grades are supposed to decrease towards reserve levels, um, and a 9.5 gram per ton assumption gets us to the top end of your guidance. Is that aligned with like the step down in grades that you're seeing to date in Q4, or is there a bit of conservatism built into that guidance? Uh, no, that we we always had Q4 was always going to be a bit closer to uh, resource reserve grades, and uh, you know we're part we're a good chunk of the way through the quarter, and that's what we are seeing. So um, we always knew this Q4 was going to be in some different areas with uh, closer to reserve grades. So yeah, there's no no conservatism in the guidance. We push ourselves, but this is what we expected for Q4. Okay, perfect. Thanks for that, and I'll leave it there. Thank you. Your next question comes from David Horton, Global Mining. Please go ahead. Okay, Ryan and Alexandra, thank you for hosting the call. Uh, I've noticed that your mining rates have been above the 4,200 tonnes a day kind of level for the last couple of quarters. And in fact, for the last four quarters, your mining has exceeded your processing rates. So you have a stockpile build there. When you do get to the 4,200 tonnes per day of the mill capacity, would you expect to see the mining rates still to exceed the, the mining rates to exceed the milling rates? Yeah, no, yeah, the mine's done really well, David. Yeah, we do anticipate, um, you know, the key is for us to get the self that raise done. Um, you know, it's once we get that self that raise, that opens up a number of areas at depth for us. And and as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, the next we are look, we already are looking at deep bottlenecking to see whether we can push a little bit more, uh, both in the the plant and the mine, but the key for us is getting that tough that raised down to really see what the what the mine potentially could do. Yeah, that, that's kind of where my thinking was going. Of course, with the SBR, I would have imagined that your mining rates could step up even from where we are today, so that the whole process would be mill constrained rather than mine constrained. Is that a fair way to look at it? Yeah, but even with the expansion, what we've seen and what the guys have done in the mill prior to getting the last few pieces of equipment in, we still think we have room to push in the mill as well. Okay. So uh, in, in our modeling, uh, we're assuming, for instance, without any uh, additional disclosure from you guys, that your mining, rates, uh, mining grades are similar to your milling grades. And that given that we have had excess of mining over milling, we're kind of looking at a stockpile that would be over 120,000 tonnes at the moment and 10 to 11 grams. Is that sort of in the right ballpark for where you see the stockpile? Yeah, that's pretty well in the right ballpark, yeah. 
All right. I'll, I'll leave it there for now. Thank you, Robin. Thanks, David. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Your next question comes from Don DeMarco, National Bank. Please go ahead. Well, I just wanted to follow up uh, with regard to the, the mining rates and the potential opportunities for uh, rather rather the throughput rates and any further optimization opportunities. Um, do you see visibility to now go beyond 4,200 tons per day in the future? And and if so, what what uh, adjustments or spending might be needed for that? Or are there other optimization opportunities um, in, in the processing? Thank you. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, no, that's a good question. We are looking at debottlenecking, and based on some of the things we're seeing in the plant and in the mine, yes, we do think we can further increase tonnage. You know, it, it, we're just we're just finishing up the 4,200. The last tie-ins are actually happening today as we speak. Um, but yeah, there's opportunity. But let's not forget recovery. You know, we still are not happy. Or we, we, as you've seen, we've seen continued improvement in recovery. But we also think now with the expansion done, and I was at site last week, and the team did a very thorough presentation on a number of areas we're looking at to further improve recovery. And so, you know, I, I think there's a double whammy in the process plant: the potential throughput, but also I, we still have many things we're working on to improve recovery and continue to keep pushing to get closer to that 90% level, which obviously at increased throughput to, you know, quite a few additional ounces to be produced. Yeah, certainly. Okay. Thank you very much. That's all for me. Thank you. Your next question comes from Teres Otslan, TSO and Associates. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, Ron Alejandro. Uh, quick question on the vent rays. Remind me, Ron, is that how many years is good enough for the volume and the and the depth that you you're doing before you worry about going uh, expanding it again? The vent rays. Uh, this is a one-time thing, Terry. This will give us enough ventilation for the current estimated mine life, and uh, so it's. Right now we're using, thank goodness, we did put twin declines. They made the decision to go to twin declines. And, uh, but, yeah, we're not going to need to expand or deepen this or anything else. Uh, we're handling, we'll handle the rest of it through internal raises, and that which are all in our budgets. Okay, okay. got it. Thanks, Ron, for that. Uh, second question is that, coming back to the recoveries, your tails are still running about uh, around the gram, which is some of the mines are mining somewhere else. Is that chemical still? Is that the grinding? What exactly is, do you think the fine-tuning fine going to happen on the, on the, the, on the recoveries? Uh, there's a couple areas we're really focusing on, Terry. Yeah, and you're right. It pains me when I see our daily assays. And, uh, uh, yeah, we're, our tails are you know, sometimes much higher than what others are mining. But um, yeah, there's a number of areas. We're really focusing on flotation and CIL. And, and um, it's a balance of the two. Uh, the GFL... Uh, is turned out to be a little bit more complex to operate. And also we're seeing a lot more variation in ore types than what we'd anticipated. Uh, so it's it's really focusing on flotation and CIL are, are the next steps. Uh, do you have a target, Ron? I know, you, I know you talked about it before, but what would be a target that you think it's feasible, possible, probable? Is that 92, 94 for the recovery eventually? No, 94. The you know the what we have based on the original feasibility study was just uh, 
it's right around 92%. So, you know, that's what we're obviously continuing to push for. Realistically, I think what we should be targeting based on what we're seeing in the variability in the OR now that we see that was not anticipated is, I would say, we continue to push to 90, 91%. Come back to the exploration, Ron. Um, the a few years ago, there was uh, also um, a paternal discovery in the Emperador, if my memory is correct. What happened to that in the exploration budget and the sequence? I'm not sure of the discovery because um, Aurelian. Uh, did you say Aurelian discovery? Emperador, Emperador, Epitermo. Yeah, no, we, we're the only ones that have done drilling there. We're the only ones that have done drilling other than out of Fruta del Norte, Aurelian or Kinross. Kinross are getting ready to do some drilling, but then they pulled out. Um, and so we have done surface work and everything, and, and essentially Barbasco and Prada Princesa are on, you know, sort of the Emperador concessions now, Terry. So. It's all the same area we're working on, and it's, uh, we're very encouraged by both uh, Barbasco, but even more so on what we're seeing at Punta Princesa. Okay. And um, there was, remember Jackpot, who talked about uh, a few years ago as well? What's the update on that, on the exploration presentation a couple of years ago from Newcrest? Sorry, which? With Newcrest? Yeah, 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 that's. Um, yeah, we're, we're Newcrest is farming in on eight concessions. Uh, this was part of the original agreement back in 2018, and actually they are they are mobilizing to start drilling on two concessions, which are north of the Mirador mine, about 30 plus kilometers north of Fruta del Norte. They're mobilizing and uh, anticipate starting drilling uh, this quarter. Okay, a lot of activity here. That's good. Um, yeah, I think. I think uh, my, my notes here. Uh, yeah, trip and refining charges. Any changes we should expect uh, TCRCs for next year? No, uh, we, we're majority of it's under long-term contract. Terry, the, the issue we are seeing is freight, uh, particularly to Europe. We're not seeing any increase in freight to Asia. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's transport issues, not to treatment refining charges, just transport. Got it. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Alessandro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Your next question comes from Carrie Smith Haywood. Please go ahead. Thanks, Operator. Ron, if I if I got this correct, you've got a you've added a couple thousand meters to the drill program at Puente Princesa, so that's another couple of holes. And then is there also another couple of holes that you'll plan to drill at Barbasco in in the new year, I guess, to get you up to that uh, twelve thousand meters? Um, the, well, the, the original was 9,000 meters carry, and um, yeah, we've added a couple of holes at Prana Princess, which we anticipate getting done this year. The 2022 program, we're just that's all been put together. We're presenting that to the board in a couple of weeks, and um, we are looking at a larger program, and it, it'll be at, on uh, focusing on Prana Princess and Barbasco further, plus some other targets that we're looking at. So, yeah. We'll keep essentially what we're doing to carry is keeping the two rates going, and then we're going to we're looking at expanding the program for next year. Okay, <clears throat> okay, okay, got it. And uh, 
Alessandra talked a little bit about the cost inflation. Are you seeing that across the board for all your consumables, I guess diesel and all your reagents and your steel consumption, or is it in any one particular area that you're starting to see a bit of pressure? It's really across the board, um, steel, drill strings, all that sort of thing, um, some reagents. Um, not too, not a little bit on fuel, but not a lot. Um, and nothing on wages. Uh, wages still, are, our inflation rate here in Ecuador is less than 1%. Uh, so wage inflation and things like that, we're not seeing anything. So it's mostly on the imports. And then the other area we're seeing uh, significant increases, which we just mentioned, I mentioned to Terry, is transport, to con- or transport costs to, for concentrate to Europe. Okay. And, and Canada. And Canada, okay. Okay. And then just on the, the realized gold price, the, the 1769, that was, you know, a little bit below the Yellow average. I guess that was just timing of sales, was it? Alessandro, do you want to take that one? The um, the uh, the average gold price is, is really driven by uh, uh, our offtake agreement. Uh, and as well as uh, the uh, final settlement uh, under the uh, um, long-term contract for concentrate uh, um, and uh, the variation in the gold price between uh, uh, time of sale and the uh, final settlement sometimes are four to five months and the variation in gold price will affect uh, uh, the average gold price in a, in a given quarter uh, under the offtake uh, um, uh, we are subject to a quotational period, and that sometimes, depending on the volatility of the gold price during that quotational period, might affect a little bit the gold price. And and so we see those those elements coming into into that statistic. Right. Okay. So the QP is sort of four to five months, and that's so it's really just the impact of the timing of that. Uh, provisional pricing versus final settlement then. Okay, right. gotcha. Correct. Yeah, okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press the star followed by the number one on your touchtone phone. Your next question comes from Arun Lamba, TD Securities. Please go ahead. Uh, hey, Ron. Um, just following up on Carrie's, um, it sounds like you guys are going to increase your exploration program, and that could be another significant catalyst for you guys. But just just want to hear kind of your thoughts on how much you're thinking about M&A. Um, obviously, you can't talk about you being acquired, but how active are you on trying to diversify from just being a single asset producer, given you fully ramped up, you've pretty much done the expansion? Um, are you thinking about doing more M&A, or are you focused on the exploration and kind of pushing the mill further? Uh, good question. Answer all of the above. Um, you know, we we talk about our, our pillars of shareholder value. So organic growth is one of them. So yeah, we might keep pushing the mine and mill further. And again, I can't focus enough recovery. You know, one percent recovery, especially at our all-in sustaining costs like this, is significant to add to our cash flow generation. It, what we're seeing at Punta Princesa and Barbasco just make us more excited now that we've actually got drill holes into this regional exploration, so that's there. M&A, it's something that we hadn't really been focused on. We are focusing more on it now. Um, you know, we, we've got to be selective, though. We, 
you know, we can't grow for the sake of just adding ounces. Uh, that you know, that's we. I think a lot of CEOs talk about that in this industry now. We have to be selective, and yeah, we are looking at it, and we're looking for opportunities for sure. Great. And just this is an accounting question. I, I normally don't ask, but just with the amount of free cash flow you're generating, taxes um, are, are starting to become some payments now. It, should we expect uh, tax payment quarterly, or is it going to be kind of they're accrued and then they get kind of all paid in Q1? Um, what's the way to think about kind of the majority of the tax? I know some of it spread out, but thinking does it get accrued, paid, call it in Q1 of the next year, or every quarter should we expect some? Yeah, the uh, if I can answer that question, uh, um, in in Ecuador, uh, taxes are paid once a year. They are paid. Uh, um, around the uh, the end of the first quarter of the year for the previous year, upon filing of the, of tax returns, and therefore uh, we accrued throughout the year uh, both the income taxes as well as the profit sharing, and they, they get settled uh, uh, that one time of the year. Got it. Thanks a lot. Uh, congrats again on um, continuing the successful ramp up. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. I will now turn it back to Mr. Hotstein. Please go ahead. Thank you, Michelle, and thank you everyone for attending the call. And um, we look forward to announcing further catalysts uh, on expiration uh, potential and obviously our 2022 guidance and um, some longer term guidance, which we will be starting to issue uh, here soon. So thank you everybody again. Have a great day. Be safe. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.